A lot of talk over the weekend was about Chase Claypool, immaturity, and just poor decision-making on his part and how it reflects upon the Steelers. But there wasn't just talk about Chase Claypool. There was talk about how Ben Roethlisberger was, was addressed the situation when he was asked, what can he say to Chase Claypool to be a leader in that moment? He put the onus back on Mike Tomlin. I want to talk about Chase Claypool's antics, his attitude, and what needs to change, what has changed at times, but needs to ultimately change as a root part of the problem that's within Chase Claypool. And I also want to address Ben's comment because I thought it was very interesting how he kind of offset the situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll also address what happened to AFC North and what Devin Bush had to say because his comments on, on a Monday Zoom with the, with the Pittsburgh Steelers media also kind of enlightened a little bit as like, hmm, maybe there's something here the Steelers really need to address moving forward. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen every day. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Hit the like button on, on YouTube, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily content there, as well as leave us a five-star reading on Apple Podcasts with a positive comment, and you get a special shout-out at the end of the show. As you can see, things are a little different right now. I'm on vacation. I'm out in, I'm out in the Dominican Republic right now. We were trying to, if you were up in the wee hours in the morning, we did have a few listeners let me know about this. We tried to upload an episode. The internet was very choppy at the place that I was at. That wasn't good. But we've since moved locations and the internet's a little bit better here. So I'm, I apologize. There might be a bit of an echo in this audio. We're going to do our best to suppress, to just power through that and get you at least some content going into the, the rest the rest of your week. We will be trying to do more episodes here as I try to figure out what's the best configuration for making this happen. So excuse, pardon our dust, excuse our technical difficulties. We're keeping it rolling here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, we talked a lot about Chase Claypool after the game. Uh, with the situation, he has personal foul penalty. He had the issues, you know, with the with the pointing. I mean, get uh, with the first down at the end of the game when the Steelers were running out of time. They needed to preserve as much time as possible. And in the process, after he pointed for a first down, he was trying to get the ball up, and the ball got snatched away by a Vikings player and thrown away. And yes, the, the play was illegal by the Vikings player. But the bottom line is, if Chase Claypool was was, was doing what he was supposed to do, there wouldn't have been time for that Vikings player to do that to, to do that and. And uh, you know, knock the ball away and let it bounce for a little bit. That's all that. All that aside, Chase Claypool clearly has had a regression this year. Maybe not just on the field, but mentally and what's expected of him. This was a guy who last year loved to block, loved to go up in between defenders. Had 11 touchdowns in the regular season, 13 in the in the overall year with the two he tacked on in the playoffs. He looked like a guy that's like, hey. That's a warrior I want on my team. And yes, he had some kind of divish moments, but you saw the way that he was able to play and get physical with opponents and burn people with his speed. You're like, man, they got a guy there. And everyone thought second round pick, oh, that's a steal with Chase Claypool. This year, 
major regression. After scoring 11 touchdowns and getting 873 yards last year, he's up there in yards with 753 uh, with nine starts so far. He had six starts last year, uh, played in 16 games, but he only has one touchdown this season. And I think that's very indicative of what's been wrong with Chase Claypool when we looked at his performance. A lot of it, though, again, comes from maturity, not fighting through the tougher catches, um, not 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 following through. And a lot of that, I think, comes with his approach to the game. You see, a lot of times he lets the ball get to get to his chest a little bit too much. Sometimes, you know, he, his best catches are when he catches it out in front of him using his hands. You'll want to see him do that more. You want to see him work on that more. Now, before we get into the antics, I do want to point out Deontay Johnson. This time last year, which was about this time in his career that Chase Claypool's in now, second year, late late in the second year, he was struggling. He was dropping passes all over the place. What happened? He addressed it in the offseason. Now he's the best receiver on the team, and he's play, played really well this year despite having a, a touchdown drop in the last game. All that being said, he's, you, he's a prime example of how a player can turn things around with just a year of focus, clearing things up, and addressing your weaknesses. Chase Claypool needs to do that, but especially needs to do that with his attitude, with, with the things that are making fans frustrated, making coaches frustrated. Heck, you saw after the personal foul penalty where he's putting his finger in the helmet of the other player. We've seen him do that before. We saw it to, to the Titans last year. And at the time, it's kind of like, OK, he did that once, but it's becoming an issue. Mike Tomlin pulls him to the side. You see him get in his ear a little bit. This makes him sit. He rides pine for a while. And when he came back, you saw that was the best Chase Claypool we've seen all year. Going up in between contested catches, pulling down tough catches, fighting through pass interference, making the plays. And in those moments, he was doing the right things. Then all of a sudden, fourth down, he converts a big play. He does the point, and then we, we're back into the situation. That does show immaturity. That does show room to grow as a football player, as a professional, and as a Pittsburgh Steeler. But who helps him grow in those moments? That's a key question here because a lot of people point Mike to, right to Mike Tomlin, and you're right. Mike Tomlin set the tone for the entire team. But a lot of it is also enforcing those rules down the line. It can't just ever just be about a coach, whether it was Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, or Mike Tomlin. The best Steelers teams that had the best structure, the best leadership, it was because down the line, players accepted responsibility and pushed that on, on some of the younger guys who were still adapting to understand what is Steelers culture? What has what does this organization, what built the, the history of success with this organization? And it is obvious that there is lacking in that kind of structure right now on this Steelers team. I thought what Ben Roethlisberger said when he was asked about the situation was very interesting. We'll get to that in just a second here. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do that at all at the speed of 5G. With the money that you'll, that you'll save and the knowledge that you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. We're also brought to you by On Location. Super Bowl 56 is at SoFi and less than 100 days away. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. 
Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the greatest wolf, the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Now, when we do back-to-back ad reads, we keep it rolling. Again, we apologize for the circumstances. I know there's a bit of an echo in here. I'm working from a walk-in closet in our in our uh, room here in this situation. I'm on vacation. That's why we missed a Monday episode. We had some technical difficulties. We're working through it. I think with this new location, uh, we have a lot better internet i just need to make sure that we have a proper place so i can set up so this might be just for today we're gonna be back strong tomorrow we're gonna try and work some different things around in the house that we're staying in but back to the steelers situation here on the locked on steelers podcast now ben roethlisberger his comments when asked about chase claypool was very interesting to me because he was he was asked basically after the game like you know he was challenged like hey what do you say to chase claypool what do you need to do to, to get him to get the message that his antics are hurting the team. Because, again, it's not just uh, just that moment. He's had other personal foul penalties this year. He's one of the most penalized receivers in the NFL, if not the most penalized receiver in the NFL. He had to comment just to, just a week or two ago about playing music, you know, for pra- and during practice. And, again, not something that will destroy the team, but just one of those comments, why? Why would you think that's a good idea to say? What did you think was going to come out of that? Getting his mind right. Ben Roethlisberger said, that's not on me. That's on Mike Tom. That's something that, that, that they are. he's the head coach. He's the guy that's supposed to address those things. I do agree. Mike Tom is has, has to be part of that. And he's the he's the head coach and he's the guy that has to set the tone at the top and, and, and send it on down throughout the rest of the team. But the problem is you do need players reinforcing that message. When Mike Tomlin says something and you saw it, it's clear he's not happy with Chase Claypool. When you looked at Chase Claypool and you saw him get pulled to the sideline, get talked to, and he sat for a while, that was Mike Tomlin telling him, you need to get your head out of your butt, young man, and and start playing better. And then he did until the very end where he made a really dumb mistake. And when you look at at that process, it's clear Mike Tomlin is is addressing it. But at every stage, when you look back throughout the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, when they've had their greatest of teams, it's also come from down the line, even before Mike Tomlin, leadership across the board. And not all everyone has to be the raw, raw leadership guy, the James Ferrier of the late 2000s, who was in the center of every huddle saying five star matchup because we in it. Or it doesn't have to be Joey Porter, who's out there leading the charge and challenging other players and things like that. It doesn't even have to be Jack Lambert, who's just mean as, as all hell and just beat other people up. But you have to set tones. You have to set standards and enforce standards and say, hey, we're the Pittsburgh Steelers. This this, this needs to be better, man. And that's where the Steelers, I think, are lacking in leadership. Now, granted, Ben Roethlisberger, he's the elder statesman. I think that he has to play a bigger role in that. And I've always felt that about Ben. Over the years, I've noticed he'll get really pushy with Eli Rogers, the Ryan Switzers, and the lesser name receivers that were on the team. But when Antonio Brown started stepping out of line early on, he challenged Antonio Brown. But when Antonio Brown became Antonio Brown, you didn't see Ben do that as much when he made when he made mistakes or when when something was, was wasn't right. The same thing happened with Juju Smith Schuster when he blew up. The same thing is now happening with Chase Claypool. He doesn't want to address them, but when trust me, when I when I saw him address a Ryan Switzer when he dropped the pass in training camp or Eli Rogers when he didn't block hard enough on a play, you you saw him kind of go at those guys and say, hey, buddy, this is what we got to do. This is where Ben Roethlisberger needs to feel comfortable enough. It's like, hey, buddy, man, you're the franchise quarterback. 
I get that some people maybe say you're watched, but in this locker room, you're the guy. This team backs you. This organization backs you. If you go to Chase Claypool and say, get your head out of your butt, and he he fires back at you, guess who's going to be protecting you? The entire organization. And not just the linemen, because they haven't done a great job of protecting him this year. But I'm talking about the organization. If Chase Claypool talks like he's like he's reckless, you talk to Ben Roethlisberger that way, that ain't going to fly. And you saw Antonio Brown blew up at Ben Roethlisberger. Guess who went somewhere else? Guess who's still on the Steelers roster? They back him. And that's where I think this is where the leadership breakdown is happening right now. You need veterans to hold that standard. Ben Roethlisberger, apparently, he wants to lead by example, I guess. And it's, and it's good to have those guys. But when you're the quarterback and you're the highest paid player on the team, you got to do more than that. Now, it's, again, it's not just on Ben. Part of this is also just bad circumstances. Marquise Pouncey was one of those guys. He retired. David Castro was one of those guys. He's gone. Those kind of players are gone. Ramon Foster was one of those guys. He's gone. And all those guys have gone in a short amount of time. There's four rookies starting on offense. There's no Keith Miller anymore to set that tone. Um, you know, there's all the, there's all those questions. Even Juju Smith-Schuster might have been a veteran this year who could have helped a little bit more in that regard. Granted, I'm sure some people will be talking about his his antics. Well, he does. Uh, he's on TikTok, but as a as one of the better Steeler follows on Twitter, Daniel Valente, follow him. I believe it's at Sting at, uh, or at uh, Stats Guy Dan um, on on Twitter. I apologize, Daniel, if I'm messing up your Twitter handle, but look up Daniel Valente. He's he's fantastic with Steelers stats all season long. But he brought up a great point after the game. He said Chase Claypool is what people tried to make Juju Smith-Schuster out to be. And that's just it. Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, you never saw him wasting the Steelers' time like that. You saw him fighting. And if he did, if he messed up, it was a, hey, you know what? Marlon Humphrey punched the ball out at the right time. He was fighting for the extra yard, and it was just bad. But you didn't see Chase, you didn't see Juju Smith-Schuster making the boneheaded plays and getting all these penalties that Chase Claypool is. You saw Juju Smith-Schuster, if there was ever time, he would, he would enforce himself. And you saw Chase Claypool missed a big block on a third and one in that situation. How many times did you see Juju Smith-Schuster lay out a Harrison Smith, a Vontez Perfect? That's what he became, and he's not nearly as big as Chase Claypool. So I think that there's definitely some things that to there is just like, hey, circumstance-wise, the Steelers don't have that veteran core right now, especially in offense. Defense? There should be a little bit more of that. Cam Hayward is the guy. I think that he, he sets the right kind of tone. But I've seen some people say, oh, Cam Hayward's not that great of a leader. Look what's happening this year. No one leader can lead everybody. No one person. He Every, every captain needs lieutenants. Every, you know, every general needs captains. There always needs to be a you know a a, a, a a order a order a structure in leadership that that goes from play, from position to position from player to player team to team and that helps address things perfect example and I, I i bring this up because i i'm pretty sure i've brought this up on the show before if you go back and you look at the 2008 steelers run i believe there's a really good clip in the america's game documentary about that super bowl run to get to to win super bowl 43 but you see lamar woodley was on a phenomenal tear that year, a huge reason why they won that Super Bowl. But there was one game where he was looking really good and he was feeling good and he was kind of chilling on the sidelines. And Casey Hampton was like, hey, young buck, you think you're great? You're just good right now. You've got to be great. And to be great, you got to stay focused. And Lamar Woodley's like, I'm like, you see what I'm doing, man? I'm getting, no, I'm getting my sacks. And he's like, he's like, nah, you just want to, you just want to be good. You don't want to be great. And it was that message that Mike Tomlin kept pecking at him and saying, hey, you know, this, there's a, there, there's a standard here. You may make a play on the last one, but we need you to make a play on the next one. And whenever your opportunity comes. You have to be ready. That's what the standard is. The standard means it doesn't mean that the fourth string quarterback needs to play at the first string quarterback, but it does mean that, hey, 
We expect you to come to work with a level of detail and say, hey, you may not win every matchup, but you're going to give us your best each and every situation and avoid the boneheaded mistakes that often cost teams. That's where you see a difference with the, with the Steelers then compared to the Steelers now. There's not people enforcing that as much these days. And you even saw at the end of the season, Lamar Woodley, he even had to get addressed a couple more times by Mike Tomlin. But the message got in there. And guess who made the final play of the season? Sacking Kurt Warner, forcing a fumble, giving the Steelers the ball, and winning the Super Bowl. Ultimately, it was Lamar Woodley. You had young players like that. Lamar Woodley in that year, same stage of his career that Chase Claypool's in now. A second-year player, had a phenomenal start, and is now you know a bigger name in the NFL, but still finding out who he is. Chase Claypool has to grow up. The same thing has to happen with Devin Bush. You saw his comments on Monday when the Steelers talked to him, uh, talked to him or Steelers media talked to him on Zoom when he was asked, and I, I get that. Devin Bush was trying to say that it's a team, that it's, as a team, we have to play together, but it still rings off in the wrong direction. Um, you know, when asked about his injury and what's going on and how he's playing, he said, quote, my first day of training camp until now, I think I've pro progressed tremendously. I'll, there's no problem with that. I, I think that that's fine to think that you've progressed tremendously or whatever about your injury. I don't have an issue with that. But it, it goes, it gets worse when, when you listen to more of it. Obviously, no one in the Steelers is playing up to their potential. That is reflected on how we've played in the games we've lost and tied. Nobody's playing their best football right now. I'm not going to single myself or anybody else out because we're a team. I think we've got to keep building. There's always going to be next season, blah, 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 blah. You get the point. Also, if you want to read the story about that, check out Dale Lally. He did a great job writing it up on DKPittsburghSports.com. But bottom line is, Devin Bush, I get it'd be different if you said, I'm going to take responsibility for myself and I will single myself out and I'm not going to talk about the rest of the team. And it's fine. Yeah, the Steelers as a whole aren't playing that. But, buddy, you're part of that. And I'm a guy who's been a Devin Bush like, hey, give this young man time to, to rebound, just like I'm saying give Chase Claypool time to rebound like Yonchi Johnson did last year. But that's where I see a big problem here. It's like, okay, Devin Bush, I get it. But you had to hold yourself to a standard so that other people can look at you. I think Deontay Johnson holds himself to, to the standard. They have a role leader right there, a role player right there who can say, hey, I'm going to lead by example. You guys get behind me and, and, and follow me if you need want to learn how to get better. And you even saw it impact Minka Fitzpatrick. He said, hey, I started working on make, you know, making better catches you know, in situations because I saw how Deontay worked and how it worked for him. And here we are. Minka Fitzpatrick has two interceptions over the Steelers' last three games. That's a big part of what, what, what needs to happen with the Steelers. More guys need to lead by example. But it's not just up to Mike Tomlin. It's not just up to Cam Hayward or Ben Roethlisberger, even though they, those guys do need to do their jobs. It's going to take more veterans on the team and more even just young players. Minka Fitzpatrick. He's a guy that's, that, that's stepping up. They need lieutenants to those captains on the Steelers roster. Question is, do they have those type of character players? It doesn't look like that right now, but you never know. You give people time to grow. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk more about the AFC North and what happened this weekend. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Stance. Found in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and of self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. I fell in love with, with my Stance Wu-Tang socks that I ordered. They're cozy, they keep my feet warm, and they bring a positive message 
because Wu-Tang is for the children. They're my favorite socks without a doubt. They're high quality. They get props from my friends whenever they see them. I've been stunting them out here on vacation. My friends have been like, oh, those are nice. But if you go to Stance, you can get your Wu-Tang socks or whatever you're into, whether it's Batman or anything else out there. They have a lot of great options for you. Uh, Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than just fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Just use promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Make sure it's all capital letters, all one word, and you'll get that 15% off on your first purchase at Stance.com. Enjoy the color and the comfort of the life less ordinary with stance. Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter hosting again on the road here. We're on vacation, but we want to. I want to talk to you guys about the AFC North. Now, again, I did record a show that sort of talked about this going into Monday. It didn't work out because the internet wasn't too great. So we're doing it over again here. But I wanted to. We had some more time to talk about things. That's why we addressed the Devin Bush's comments from Monday. But we got to talk about the AFC North because the Steelers, for as bad as they've looked, for the fact that they're six six and one, sitting at five hundred uh, with only four games left to play. The rest of the AFC North hasn't exactly asserted itself to, to for any team to be out on top. Now, granted, the Bengals are probably in the best situation because they swept the Steelers. They beat up on uh, the Ravens already. Them and the Browns are going to have some interesting matches down the stretch. But you saw over the weekend with the Steelers losing to the Vikings, this was the chance to, for them to be put away by the rest of the division. The Ravens could have won to go to not to go to nine and four. And that would have put them in a, in a driver's seat spot to really push away the Steelers, even though the Steelers have already beaten them once. The Bengals, if they had won, would have gone to eight and five. And that would have put them in, this, in a serious driver's spot where it says, you know what, the Steelers, you're going to have to catch us by three games. The Browns winning was good for them, of course, but they only beat the Ravens by two points. They got shut out in the second half by a defense without Marlon Humphrey and with an offense led by a backup quarterback named Tyler Hundley. What? That's a that was alarming to me. The fact that they allowed him to throw for 270 yards, no interceptions, and a touchdown. That to me again shows this division is still wide open. Now, granted, the, the wild card spots looking a little looking a little tougher. The Steelers play the Titans this, this week. That's going to be huge. The Bills, of course, losing to falling to seven and six. Everything is right within reach for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. If they're able to turn things around, and I know some people are saying, what makes you think the Steelers can turn things around? Well, because they've done it already a few times this season. Remember, they were one and three, and everyone thought, oh, they're toast. They're done. They won't be able to win any, any more games this season. They're going to get a top 10 pick. Well, then they won, what, four games in a row, went five weeks without losing. That was that was impressive when they got when they got destroyed by the Bengals. Uh, they were able to go back out, beat the Ravens. That's there's things that they can do to continue to build on things. And again, their opponents, the AFC North, they still get to play Baltimore one more time. They still get to play Cleveland one more time. Neither of these teams are playing good football right now. And the, and the Cincinnati Bengals, they're not consistent either. Right now, the Steelers sit in last place at six, six and one, but they're only a half game out. Of, of time of tying both the Browns and the Bengals and one and a half games out of time of tying the Ravens. This is where the Steelers could truly make a move in this in these final four games, 
granted, these aren't going to be easy. The Titans, even without Derrick Henry, they're going to be an annoying team to, to face. They're going to have to bring their A game this week, and this is a must-win game. The Vikings game would have been must-win if the AFC North didn't play out the way that it did, but this, to me, is a must-win game if the Steelers want a real shot at the playoffs because they're going to have to play the Chiefs and the two divisional games to finish out the, the stretch here. They need to be able to win those, non at least the Titans game, so they can put themselves in a position where they win two out of their last three, and they have a shot maybe at the, to win the division because I don't believe in the Bengals, the Browns, or the Ravens at this point, just like you really shouldn't believe in the Steelers. But if you want to believe in them, if you want to believe that hey your favorite team can turn it around this is the chance and this is the year for the afc north to do that nobody's running away with it no one's got no one's going to be 12 and 4 no one's going to be 11 and 5 and though that couldn't happen anyways because 17 games are weird and we all hate those numbers as it is but the bottom line is that this division is still there to be had when i was talking about maturity earlier when i was talking about leadership this is the chance for the for a lot of these young guys to step in and say hey i see that goal in front of us this is the standard that has to be set. We have to draw the line here. Will there be a line drawn? We will find out. That's what's going to happen the rest of the way. I'm Chris Carr of the Lockdown Steelers Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, we apologize for a bit of the technical difficulties and may not be our best sound quality here, but we promise that we're going to be doing our best to get that rectified while I'm on vacation. I'm going to try to enjoy the rest of my vacation, though, for today. Back in years on your screens tomorrow with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers.